From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Let's go around the Big 12 with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 Podcast on ESPN Central Texas. Drive safely as you wrap up your workday here on Tuesday. It's 5.04. Tom Barfield, Ward White, Aaron Sexton. We're glad you're with us. And our 5 o'clock hour is brought to you by VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more, and you can apply for those jobs at 7601 Imperial Drive. We welcome into the program Josh Neighbors. Josh, how are you? I'm great, gentlemen. As always, very nice to talk to you guys. Talking Big Twelve football. Let, let's let's start with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Can you explain the Texas Tech Red Raiders? Because we're we're you know I'm I'm talking to a a former player of the Red Raiders and Ward White's, and and we're all scratching our head, going, no clue. How do you give up seventy and then go win twenty three twenty over West Virginia in Morgantown? How does that happen? So I don't – for full disclosure, I picked Texas Tech to win, and I still don't know how they did it. I actually didn't know how they would do it. And the funny part is the roles were reversed. We've talked a bunch about how bad West Virginia is in the second half of games, and it was Texas Tech that blew the lead this time around. So it was weird to see kind of West Virginia you know, coming and storming back. And once the game was even, I thought Tech was kind of done for. But they held on. Henry Columbia made enough plays. Their defense made enough stops, and after giving up 70 points, they go on the road. They hold the opposing team to 20, and they got a bunch of guys out. It was a really impressive performance, and it might be Matt Wells' best win, <laughs> considering all the circumstances surrounding it. So I'm with the guys. Uh, by hook or by crook, they got it done. That was my next question. Was this the single most important victory of Matt Wells' career, particularly when you consider – that, uh, you know, he he was not going to win a popularity contest in Lubbock last week. Yeah, no, he was not. I mean, think about last year, the game that really got away from them that could have been a marquee win was that 63-56 to 56 loss in overtime against then number 8 Texas, a game in which it was at home, they had him dead to rights, and they weren't able to finish the job. And they really didn't have many good moments last year. Uh, West Virginia last season was probably their best win. So for them to get this off the heels of such a bad loss is a really important victory. I think what makes this victory stand out is when the victory comes. Uh, I think you got to consider this, the timing of this, could not be better for Matt Wells. they got a 4-1 and one football team, a great chance here with a stretch of TCU at Kansas State, or excuse me, TCU at Kansas, and then Kansas State at home. They have a chance here. Maybe get this, they could get the six wins here. If things break right, if they can go two and one in this next three game stretch, they can get the six wins. Gee, yeah. Wow! You, you've got Ward. You've got Ward in shock. And, and, he's and again, excited. He's, he's an alum. He's excited about that bowl game, possibly. Yeah. Hey, hey look, 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 TCU at home. TCU at home. They're, they're I was fixing home. to ask you about TCU. Are they reeling right now? And can Gary Patterson get the ship righted with his defense? You know, I don't think Gary's in a great headspace i know it's kind of a weird proclamation to make but last week you had him making all sorts of comments about smu and then you, not sure if you guys saw the comments he made today about giving zach evans the same number of of, of, of uh, attempts as Bijan robinson and almost 
criticizing Texas. But look, Bijan Robinson was the guy who got the job done last week. And so I'm not really sure you can criticize an opposing coach for, you know, for giving Bijan that many carries. Yeah, it was a lot, but I don't think we're going to see Bijan getting 40 touches every single week. It was just whatever it took to get the job done. So it seems like Gary right now is really concerned about other teams and what other, other places are doing, SMU, Texas, as opposed to being focused on his own football team, which, you know, for, I mean, for my eyes right now, has actually gotten a lot of their, uh, their, their offensive woes sorted out. It's the defense that's holding them back, and they've given up 32, 42, and 32 in three consecutive weeks. That's, that's where Gary Patterson's focus has to be, and that's the side of the ball that he's known for. And they're 2-2. Two and two. They've got at Tech, uh, at OU, and West Virginia coming up in the next three. I mean, this, is, this, this could be a really d- difficult season for TCU if this thing heads the wrong way. But I do think they've got some offensive weapons that can help them pull off a couple of these games. And I think they'll probably be around 500 once the year's over. Is Patterson lobbying for that country uh, contract now? For the new album, yeah, it might be time. It might be time because I'm. I, to be honest, like, I really don't know how much longer he's going to be coaching for. I, I think it. To me, it seems like we're kind of on the back nine here. And look, he's still a decent coach, but like you look, you look at at all the success that he's had at TCU. I guess this is kind of a credit to him. He's not really near that anymore, but he set such a high standard, which I guess is kind of the issue for TCU. Is that like you know what are you okay with? Do you, do you think that somebody else? kind of get you where Gary got you, uh, you, you keep riding it out. They've got some choices maybe to make moving forward uh, if this even kind of heads the direction that it's gone so far. Isn't that crazy, though, to think about the offensive production or the point production for the, the TCU defense when this is what, you know, for the longest, when you talked about TCU, you talked about defense. I mean, that was their identity. Barn, make no mistake about it. They were that was a you didn't want to play their defense, and now they're giving up forty points a game or whatever the case may be. It's crazy how things have flipped. Yeah, I mean, the only game that's really going to help a defensive number is, is that Duquesne game, right? Forty-five <laughs> to three. But if you take that out, like I said, thirty-two against Cal, and look, this is not a good Cal offense. Uh, we've seen it in the Pac-12. It's not very good. SMU got whatever they wanted in the air, on the ground. I mean, the three interceptions were nice, but really, did, I mean, if you got three extra possessions, you got three turnovers, and you still got 42 points, what does that say about your defense? It says that your feast are famine. And then I can I can kind of let it slide for not stopping Bijan Robinson, but it, it's coming off the heels of two really bad defensive performances. So that's kind of the issue for them is, like, I can forgive that, but it's not like it's a it's a once uh, you know it's a once occurrence. It's a continued situation that they're having. Where is Oklahoma mentally right now? You think? I think I think they think they're pretty good. I think they've got to feel pretty good. Uh, they've turned that corner into October. You know, Kansas State's always been that thorn in their side, and I thought they took care of business. Like that that last second kick uh, return from Malik Knowles. I think made that game feel a bit closer in the end for Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, the, the scoreline too. But they go into Manhattan, a place that's been such a house of horrors, or against play, you know, at least playing K State as, and you go and you take care of business there. Spencer Rattler, besides the interception, was really strong in that game against Kansas State. I think they're feeling really good, but I think the problem for them might, might be this week is that Texas might be feeling a bit better about themselves. So I think this Red River is a Super fascinating one. I think we're in for a real treat this week. 
And, and just a little note to Oklahoma, Bijan Robinson's going to carry the football a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't care how many times he – I mean, come on. Why would you not ride Bijan Robinson? As long as he's yeah. upright, he's getting the football. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. No, I don't always love it. Like, this is a situation, and I work with Gabe Eichert over at SiriusXM Radio, who says, you know, Bijan's type of guy who should probably be wet in the league uh, a little bit early. It's pretty clear this guy is an NFL player. He's mature enough. It's kind of like Ezekiel Elliott after that run he had. You know, he had to stay one more year, right? He still had to go one more year. But it was pretty clear he was ready to go to the NFL. And Steve Sarkeesian, I think he knows in the back of his mind that he's got to take care of Bijan in those ways. But he, I think he has. In some of the other games, I, I think they're, you know, they, they can be cautious at times. But he said it in media days, man. He said, like, if there's a game where, where Bijan, I know he can win the game for us, and that's not going to be every game, but last week was one of those cases, I'm not going to, you know, stop feeding him the football. And I think especially after last year, the way Tom Herman really mismanaged the usage. I mean, Bijan Robinson's got more touches now than he already had. I think uh, more touches now than he had all of last year. So I think that's why right now it's like you know we're we're gonna make sure we don't uh, we don't you know don't not feed this guy and we got to make sure he gets the requisite amount of touches. Because guys, he's going for like you know five plus yards of carry and every catch is like you know he's going for what like seven eight yards catch. So um, right now, Bijan Robinson is I mean he's all that and more that we thought it would be. Only three games in the league, so let's talk about the third and final game. That's the Bears hosting West Virginia. Uh, we, we talk about West Virginia. You know, they're, they're coming off back-to-back losses. They lost at Oklahoma and then uh, at home against Texas Tech. So uh, this is a critical game for them, and it, it needs to be a bounce-back game at home for Baylor. So this, this is an intriguing matchup. Yeah, this, one's, this is one of those that, you, you know, it's kind of going under the radar. It's going opposite – to um, to Red River, which is which is frustrating, but this game is really interesting because West Virginia is two and three, but if you watch them and watch the way they've played this year, they really don't feel like a two and three football team. I mean, they they their losses to Maryland, Oklahoma, and then last week the their loss they had against Texas Tech, all of them have been really close games, and the issue for them is their offense is just really inconsistent, um, and I think there's a lot of people there who are kind of just saying, all right, at this point we're two and three. Let's just roll with Garrett Green at quarterback, right? Let's just make that decision now and and just go with him and have him be the guy. But I don't think Neil Brown and I don't think offensively they they trust uh, Garrett Green to make some of the throws that that are needed. I I think they believe that, like that first drive that we saw in the Oklahoma game, they can mix both Jared Dagey and Garrett Green and get good results. So I'm really curious to see how they manage that situation or defense has still been strong. And for Baylor, it's all about that bounce back. They were able to come back last week and make that a close game. I think the defense has a big advantage this week. Uh, I'm kind of all over Baylor in this one. Uh, I think, once again, probably one of those closer games. But this is a huge moment for Baylor. This is what good teams will bounce back and win this game. The the not-so-good teams, the the pretenders, if you will, to use that term, they would falter in this spot and fall to 4-2 and and get back-to-back losses. The good teams will bounce back and win here. But here's a good test for Dave Aranda in the second year. Wouldn't you agree that this is a game where this offense from Baylor has to has to have some continuity and some consistency and be able to play four quarters uh, to, to win this football game? Yeah, and that line's going to test you. That front four or that front, whatever front they're going to run over there, West Virginia, they, they, they tend to mix things up just a little bit. Um, that front 
is going to test you with Sills and, and Mesidor. They're going to give you some problems up front. I mean, guys like Jared Bartlett, too. So it's up to Baylor to put together one of those pace, consistent efforts. And also, I do want to see some more explosive plays, potentially some explosive pass plays, because they do need a few of those. You know, the thing about the Iowa State game is they hit on all fronts. They scored in the air, scored in the ground. They're able to use special teams, too. That special teams is not always going to be for you there, um, especially as teams kind of try to avoid Tristan Ebner. So this week it's important. Can the offense be consistent? And at times, can it be explosive against the West Virginia defense that um, is not excellent taking away the ball, but up front is really strong. It's Locked on Big 12. It's the podcast that uh, Josh Neighbors hosts. Josh, what do you uh, what do you got coming up? Yeah, we've got a roundtable coming up tomorrow. Conversation with Mark Daniels, the, uh, the play-by-play guy of the UCF Knights, about what UCF brings to the Big 12 Conference. That's coming up as well. Appreciate you guys. Always love talking to you. Hey, Josh, have a great day. Thanks so much. Yep, you too, fellas. Talk to you soon. That's Josh Neighbors. The uh, podcast is locked on Big 12, and you can uh, check it out. Uh, good stuff. All right.